You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. state a city or you cream or you cream a multitude of people i mean it's just like like you put all the offensive players in one bag and i just take a baseball bat and beat on the bag so each time he came over there i tried to tear his damn head off let's play some football let's play some football the pressure is on this is off the edge on tide 100.9 focus on what you want to do what you want to accomplish Think about that. Don't think about how you feel, how tired you are, how hot it is. You got to push yourself on the field when you're playing football. It's my honor to present the national championship trophy to Coach Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. To me, this is the ultimate team. All these guys bought into everything they needed to do to be the best players that they could be. There's more togetherness on this team than almost any team that we've ever had. And they had to overcome and persevere so much adversity through this season. And they've done it magnificently. And I'm so proud of this group for what they've been able to accomplish in going undefeated and winning the national championship. Screening live on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and the Tide 100.9 app. Here is your host of Off the Edge, Jacob Harrison. Hello there, welcome into Off the Edge Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. I am Jacob Harrison, so glad you could be with us here on a beautiful Thursday morning. No guests today here on the show, so we'll be taking your phone calls throughout the hour, 205-342-9904. Show streams live on the Tide 100.9 app, which you can download on your Android or Apple device right now and enjoy a plethora of Crimson Tide content, whether it's written or on the air, we've got you covered there. All the latest stories involving the Alabama Crimson Tide. You can also play the Tide 100.9 app on your Alexa or Google Home device. Just tell that bad boy to enable the Tide 100.9 skill or app, and it'll get you covered. The show is always brought to you by Alabama Vintage, 2210 University Boulevard, under the Crimson Awning, across from City Hall in the heart of downtown T-Town, Charlie has got the hookup for you there inside the store. Whether you need vintage tees, sweaters, starter jackets, shoes, hats, you name it, Charlie's got it, whether it's on your person or in your home, in your man cave. Fill out the lady cave, whatever you need to do to boost your fandom right there at Alabama Vintage. They've got – go check out the Instagram account, by the way. Over 7,000 followers on Instagram, and Charlie's got uh, close to 10 athlete – Alabama Vintage Ambassadors now. Uh, Not all of them here at Alabama. Some at Mississippi State. Uh, I think he's got one from Auburn, too. But nonetheless, Alabama Vintage is where it's at. Go give them a a look on the website as well, alabamavtg.com, and the Instagram account. That's where you can get those discount codes from the Ambassadors and uh, save a little bit of money. 
But nonetheless, all the quality items there at Alabama Vintage. So, like I said, no guests today. So what we're going to do is I'm going to preview an article that we're going to have on Tide 100.9 uh, later today where uh, me and, and an intern, Karan, are going to team up and answer 10 questions that are facing the college football season this year. And uh, I've got my five ready. So we'll, we'll dive into some of those here today. Uh, before we do anything, though, before we do anything, today is a very special day. Today is the 88th birthday of the greatest professional franchise of all time. The Pittsburgh Steelers were born on this day, July 8th, 1933. Seven Super Bowl championships on the way. We got six. We coming for the seven. Tom Brady can't hold that record forever. Love my Steelers. Happy birthday to the Steelers. We got a bunch of stuff to get into today, though. It's also the sixth anniversary of the death of Kenny Stabler, so uh, keep that in mind as well. But let's dive into these questions. My first big question, it, it centers around the idea of the fact that we're in a big turnover stage in college football this year. You look at all the big names that, that left for the NFL last year, it's, it's kind of shocking a little bit. It's, it's kind of jarring. We come in and there's so many fresh faces and there's a lot of, a lot of faces that made a name for themselves last year, but it was the COVID year and we didn't get a lot of intersection between conferences. There, were, there weren't a lot of interconference play. Alabama met, met stars of, of the college football scene last year in the postseason, We didn't see many in the regular season. And, and I know a lot like uh, most fans, we paid attention to our team. We paid attention to the Alabama Crimson Tide. And when you look around the SEC, there's not a lot of star power. Uh, heck, the, the two most experienced quarterbacks within the SEC, Bo Nix and Matt Corral, are two of the most inconsistent quarterbacks to ever step foot on an SEC field. They're both pretty bad. Matt Corral can be very, very good. I think Matt Corral could be a first-rounder if he'd stop throwing five interception games. But there's no hope for Bo Nix, so we won't go there. And then you go out to Georgia with JT Daniels. Well, he played the last six games of the season, and he's, sure, he turned around the Bulldogs' season, but was he, did he really create star power for himself? I'm not going to lie, with a mustache like that and the, the laws that are in place, not very marketable. Not very marketable to that brand. And I'm not, I'm not so sure that the SEC really has that star right now. I think one could emerge. I think Emory Jones is a candidate in that regard. I think Will Anderson is a, is a candidate in that regard. I think Matt Corral is a candidate in that regard. And I think Bryce Young is a candidate in that regard. But that's just the SEC. What about, what about the entire college football landscape? Are we going to have to see somebody rise from the ashes like Mackenzie Milton in Florida State? Or are we going to see a group of five leader step up, a Desmond Ritter? How about Carson Strong out at Nevada? He's got one of the strongest arms in all of college football, looks to be a first-round projected talent for the NFL. I'm curious who you think will be a, a star in the college football scene because we lose Trevor Lawrence. We lose Travis Etienne. We lose Justin Fields. We lose Mac Jones, Najee Harris, Devontae Smith. And there's the other part, Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle was supposed to be the star of college football last year. Even with Trevor Lawrence and, and all these other guys, Justin Fields hanging around, we went into the college football season last year saying, we feel like this year it'll be a wide receiver to win the award, the Heisman Trophy, that is. But it turned out to be his teammate. Of course, after Waddle hurt his ankle, Devontae Smith plays just as good as as some of us expected, I certainly saw at, at least a fraction of what we got coming. Uh, certainly didn't see what we did eventually get. Uh, nobody did on that front. But Devontae Smith became the, the Heisman Trophy front runner, the star of college football last year, with about half a season. About half a season. And, you know, he took advantage of his opportunities. But what about a guy like Sam Howell at North Carolina then? You're not going to pay attention to North Carolina very much this year. Their schedule's pretty weak because they play in the ACC. But 
what if the Tar Heels make it to the ACC championship and topple DJ Uyangalole and the Clemson Tigers? You'd be talking a lot about that Baker Mayfield clone wearing the powder blue, the Carolina blue. There's a lot of candidates in this regard. And to, to really pinpoint one would be very difficult. And to pinpoint one here at Alabama would be pretty biased. If I had to roll with one from Alabama this year, I think it'd be Bryce Young, to be honest, not just because of the quarterback aspect, but simply because I've said it before when, the, when this show was at night, and I'll say it bravely again, I think, I think Bryce Young could be the most exciting quarterback to ever play in Bryant-Denny Stadium to don the crimson and white uniform. And I know that that's not the most bold take in the world, but when I say that I think that he can be as exciting as Johnny Manziel right out of the gate, year one, with the, with the returning squad that does not exist around him, with the question marks at receiver, at running back, at tight end, and on the offensive line, for him to be that exciting, I think his athleticism can show through. If he's, if he's pirouetting in the backfield, and he's making these sidearm throws. Think about the throw in the Kentucky game where he catches Devontae Smith on the hip. Smitty doesn't even know he caught the ball until he's standing in the end zone celebrating a touchdown. Can't, couldn't believe it. One of the greatest receivers ever here could not believe that that was the situation that he was in. If Bryce Young pulls off a, a handful of those against Miami on a national stage, the nation ain't going to shut up about him. Because here's the thing. When it comes down to Tua, who I think is the most technically gifted quarterback to ever play at Alabama, Mac Jones, who is statistically the most accurate quarterback to ever play at Alabama, those two guys had a lot of help. A lot of help. And, and as much as I'll defend them against having all that help as draft prospects, when you look at the reality of the situation, they had so much help that they really could not fail. I'll acknowledge that. But with Bryce Young, sure, Alabama's going to reload. There's no question Alabama will reload. That's what they're good at. That's what they do. And sure, there's question marks, but how big of a question mark is John Matchy? How big of a question mark is Chris Owens at center and Evan Neal at left tackle? Your two most important offensive line positions. How big of a question mark is a four-headed beast at running back? How big of a question is Jalil Billingsley and Cameron Latu at tight end? To us, those aren't big questions. To us in the Alabama Crimson Tide family, those are pretty minor questions. Those are easy answers. Those guys are legit, and the guys coming behind them, Treshawn Holden, Jamison Williams, Ajayi Hall, I ain't got no questions about those guys either. And regardless of who the right tackle and left guard are, which is my biggest concern heading into the season, you know the best guy's going to win. And when that battles between six or seven folks, between the two positions, you know the best guy's going to win. So from an Alabama standpoint, it'd be very easy for us to say that Bryce Young could be the star of college football in 2021. But from the outside, even though most publications, I picked up a few magazines, and all of them, Alabama's just going to repeat, guys. Like, we're... we're We'd be foolish not to pick Alabama at this point. Everybody else has to reload, but we know Alabama can reload. But they still point out all those same question marks. They still have that air of doubt, that, that buffer room, that margin of error that they create for themselves so that they don't appear terribly wrong if Alabama does fall. So from an outside perspective, there's not a lot of reason for Bryce Young to be so successful. But when you really look at it, that national stage against Miami. The first time they've played the Hurricanes in 28 years. They go in to Atlanta in a Mercedes-Benz Stadium and put the whooping on the Hurricanes. And Bryce Young does some, some especially spectacular things. You could be in for it. But on the other side of that is the, is the guy whose name not a lot of folks can pronounce. And that's DJ Uyangalale because he draws Georgia first. If he does some of the similar things against the Bulldogs and their defense, who everyone believes is a great defense, because year in and year out, Kirby Smart's got that defense on lock, whether he's got a rebuild or not.
This is a coordinated monthly test of the broadcast stations of your area. We are testing equipment that can quickly warn you during emergencies. If this had been an actual emergency, an official message would have followed the alert tone. This concludes this test of the emergency alert system. Here on Off the Edge Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama sports. Alabama football countdown clock is driven by Crawford Insurance, Tuscaloosa's low-cost auto insurer. Call 752-6489 for a free quote today. There are, there are, there are 58 days until Alabama football. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy this afternoon and tonight. Periods of rain likely, maybe a thunderstorm in spots. The high today 85, tonight's low 71. Tomorrow warm and humid, occasionally cloudy with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms. The high at 86. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 81 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Follow Off the Edge on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube for live streams and instant analysis. Off the Edge with Jacob Harrison continues. We're back for more Off the Edge, Tide 100.9. You're home for Alabama sports. I'm Jacob Harrison. For those that have heard me a few times know that, that I have been a big wrestling fan. I haven't watched in a long time. But there is some, some pretty sad news in the wrestling world uh, that's broken over the past few days. And that is the legendary Terry Funk. Uh who wrestled from 1965 until 2017. That's a long time. Ric Flair didn't take that many bumps, uh, let alone the the style of bumps that, that Terry Funk took. Uh, he was a hardcore wrestler, uh, you know, went to war with Mick Foley many times, many times. Uh, but sadly, all those chair shots and all those years of, of hard work and traveling have uh, taken their toll, and uh, according to former WWE Intercontinental Champion, who uh, hosts his own uh, podcast now, Don Morocco, who's a legend in his own right, uh, he he's broke the news a few days ago that Terry Funk is now in a home uh, battling dementia. So uh, it was one of those situations where if you're a wrestling fan, you know who Terry Funk is, you knew it wasn't going to end you know, pretty. Certainly it's not at the end now, uh, but... If you're a fan of wrestling, you know who Terry Funk is, uh, and certainly you wish him all the best as he uh, as he battles dementia, as he tries to to find some peace at the end of his uh, wrestling life, because certainly his whole life was wrestling. So uh, big thanks to Terry Funk for for a lot of memories and so on in the wrestling world. So getting back to the five questions in the first segment, we talked about who could be the star of college football in 2021 strongly think it's Bryce Young. But what about Kayvon Thibodeau? Let's look out to the Pac-12. Is anyone ready to carry this Pac-12? Is anyone? Is... Oregon, please. USC, please. Arizona State, please. Washington, please. UCLA, I mean, go beat LSU and make some noise. Come on. Somebody. Make a push in the national scene. See, and I've said this before concerning the Pac-12. I think the Pac-12 is a great conference. I truly do. Why else do we stay up and watch Pac-12 after dark? Some of us. Gambling. Other than gambling. 
because the games are good. That's what makes the gambling good. It might not be good football to a degree. It's not like you're watching Alabama and Georgia go at it at 1 a.m. in the morning and they're tied up 34 to 34. That's not the case, but you can catch Oregon and Utah going to battle and Oregon be the number seven team in the country, Utah be the number 20, and it's a three-point game going into the final three minutes of the fourth quarter. That's good. That's a good game. That's exciting. There's drama. There's something there. You don't get that in the SEC. Not very often, at least not when you're watching Alabama 12 weeks out of the year. And there's nothing wrong with that. I like murder ball as much as the next guy. But can somebody please step up? The problem with the Pac-12 is that a team like California, a team like Oregon State, is just as likely to beat Oregon or Washington as they are to lose to Arizona, as they are to lose to Washington State or Colorado. There is no middle of the pack. The margin between the top team and the bottom team is far too close, and that makes for something exciting because that's the same way the NFL is built, right? The NFL is built where the, the Super Bowl champion could lose to the worst team in the league halfway through the season, but you're not going to question the Super Bowl champion, right? It's possible. It doesn't happen often, but, you know, great teams lose to bad teams all the time. It's the 88th birthday of the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're notorious for that. But at some point, some team has got to be able to step up. Now, if you're going to bet your money, which is a dangerous thing to do in the Pac-12, as Joe was just alluding to with the gambling, USC and Oregon are plus 275 odds. They're the favorites. And, of course, why wouldn't they be? USC's got the quarterback in Keaton Slovis that a lot of folks want to believe in. And Oregon, they've got Kayvon Thibodeau, who's one of the best run defenders, but is a great pass rushing option as well. But one player does not a teammate. Oregon's been pretty good for the past few years. And... Sure, they won the Pac-12 title last year. But there there was a giant, giant asterisk next to the Oregon Ducks winning the Pac-12 championship last year. Giant. Because Washington wasn't able to go. And the Washington Huskies are on the up and up. Consistent defense year in and year out. Consistent offensive line play year in and year out. And it's hard to break down teams that played four games last year like the Huskies did. It's hard to break down the USC Trojans who played six games last year or the Ducks who played seven. It's hard. But when it all comes down to the fact that somebody's got to win this division and somebody's got to start stamping their spot at the top of the of the mountain of the Pac-12, you got to put your horse behind somebody. And if I'm putting my horse behind somebody out in the Pac-12 to make a push, just to make a push for the college football playoffs, it's Oregon. It's Oregon because of the one factor. I trust that coach more than anybody else. Mario Cristobal. His ability in recruiting, that makes me comfortable against everything. Because you got Penae Suel's little brother at linebacker, too. It's not like it's just Kayvon Thibodeau out there, but I feel very confident that, that Oregon is in a spot right now based off of their recruiting, based off of everything they've done, to take control of the Pac-12, much in the same way Clemson has in the ACC, Alabama has in the SEC, and Ohio State has in the Big Ten, Oklahoma in the Big 12. That's the best recruiting school in the Pac-12. It's not even close if you ask me. And when you, after a few years of that, you take you take what momentum you can off of winning that, that Pac-12 championship in the COVID season of 2020. You take it. Don't apologize to the Huskies. <laughs> you take that. You cry foul about playing in the fog in the, in the Civil War against the Beavers, all you want. <laughs> take every advantage you can get because the Ducks are setting themselves up, not for success right now. Of course, they want to push into the playoffs. But it's going to be damn hard for a Pac-12 team to get in, this year or next. But when that expansion comes, and Oregon's ready to, to run roughshod over this Pac-12, 
that's when they'll be ready. That's when they'll be a true national force. Maybe not this year with the Pac-12, but but looking ahead, I think they're going to be a lot stronger on a national perce- perception because of Oregon strength, not because of the strength of the conference. Having a, a an even strength conference isn't good for the national scene. Clearly, because that's why the Pac-12 gets picked on so much and not the ACC, which is objectively, which is statistically, probably factually, a much worse conference than the Pac-12. Let's go out to the hotline. Welcome Cowboy into the show. Cowboy, what's going on, man? How much? Heck, I, I didn't realize that your show had started at this hour. Congratulations. I, uh, I, I guess I wasn't on the 11 o'clock hour last week, so I didn't know what happened. But uh, oh, well. I appreciate glad, it, Cowboy. Glad, glad to be talking with you. Congratulations on your show. Thank you. And um, I guess what I'm uh, calling about, I, I heard you talking there about Oregon. I kind of agree with you. You know, you agree. What, why do you think they've lost so much momentum in this Pac-10 decline when they made the playoffs in 2016? And really, defensively, they were a pretty good football team that day against Alabama. And, um, you know, uh, it just doesn't seem like Peterson could take the momentum from that and go further. It, 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 something, something happened, I guess. I don't know. And then he burnt out on his job. And, but Cristobal, you know, he, he's really set up to uh, succeed, I guess. He's got to have an eye on a job back east somewhere, I would think, down the road. But See, I'm glad I, he didn't take Auburn. No, I agree. I'm glad he didn't take Auburn either. Joe Signal in the U. I, yeah, I don't know how long uh, Diaz has got down there in, in South Beach. But, man, if I'm if I'm Cristobal, if I'm any head coach, I, I, I like what the dude down in Louisiana is doing. Go make your mark where you're at. Go go be the guy that they name all the buildings after. Go Go be the guy that they name streets after that they name awards after. Go be Mario Cristobal, the greatest Oregon Ducks coach of all time. That That's what I say. Uh, now, as far as Washington, I think they just, they've just they missed on recruiting. They, they start going after those big-name guys, and they can't compete with Alabama and Ohio State and Clemson. I mean, look how they lost JT Tui Maloa. Uh, and, and even Oregon missed out on that. You know, JT yeah. said after his Oregon visit, that's why he wasn't going to take his Alabama visit, and he still commits to Ohio State. So even though Oregon felt super confident they were going to get the best player in the class last year, they still missed. Uh, but none, I still I would trust Oregon's recruiting over Washington's because over that span, like you've been saying, Oregon's been building up, and Washington's just kind of stagnated. They've been great. They've had incredible defenses, uh, but they haven't had a quarterback since Jake Browning, and even he was questionable. You know, they, they had that run where they had Jake Locker and then Jake Browning, but it didn't extend beyond that. And when you look at Alabama where it went from Tua uh, or it went from Jalen Hurts to Tua to Mac, now it's Bryce Young. That trend is continuing. Washington wasn't able to continue on that, and that's what you've got to do. You've got to be able to solidify the quarterback above all else, not just defense. Right. Well, you know, did, did Easton – you know, he played one year at Washington. What was that, 2018 or 19? And uh, then he went to the NFL. Did he even make a team? You know, he's the former oh, uh, quarterback. The, yeah, the former. Yeah, he's playing with the Colts, who they've already he drafted a quarterback last year, uh, the kid from Texas. So they don't really right. believe in him either. But, right. but again, Jacob Easton didn't do anything. He was irrelevant with, right. with the Huskies. Yeah, yeah. Um. Do you think Urban Meyer may come back? Well, no, he's at Jacksonville. That was the talk. I don't think that's going to last long. <laughs> I can't answer that question. <laughs> you don't think Urban's going to last long? He's already successful got or not. Whether he's successful yeah. or not, I think the, all the the wildness that's gone on this year is not going to pay off. I think that the Jags will be successful simply because of Trevor Lawrence, because that kid's not a failure, he, and he won't accept failure. And they've got pieces. But right. when they when they realize that they're not going to actually be able to climb the mountain of the AFC with Urban Meyer, they'll cut bait and and they'll find a real NFL coach because it ain't him. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think they've got a special talent in Trevor Lawrence. You, 
he, he he's going to be one top top five quarterbacks in the NFL within three years. Oh yeah, no doubt. Urban Meyer or not, he he's <laughs> just he's special. He's, he, uh, he, it's just something about it. He's got it. Yeah, I mean, but, and the NFL is not above kind of doing like Georgia did with Mark Rick. Like, okay, you've yeah. been really good for a long time, but you know, where's our success at? Look at the, you know the Packers uh, with uh, with their former coach. Even though Aaron Rodgers didn't like that guy, Mike McCarthy. Uh, yeah, McCarthy went down to the Cowboys. Uh, oh yeah, I don't. You know, he, he doesn't look right in Dallas. He looks like a no union worker. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't look. But that's right the thing. On the he's a side. very good NFL coach, but oh, he's yeah. not a Super Bowl winning NFL coach. He won a Super Bowl. No. He won one, and I'll never yeah. forget it. I mean, you, you ain't got to remind me, but that had more to do with Aaron Rodgers and the defense of the Packers than it did with McCarthy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, McCarthy, he he would, he would be good in Indianapolis, uh, you know, some somewhere like that, I think. Somewhere where he, they just he, need consistent success. <laughs> right. There's no Super Bowl Buff, expectations. Buff, Buffalo, Cleveland, you know. I tell you what, look. you mentioned Cleveland, and I, it's blasphemous on the 88th birthday of the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Browns are going to be legit this year. Their their roster is stacked. Some, I heard some NFL guys driving the other day, and it kind of makes sense. They don't think Baker Mayfield's got what it takes to be a championship quarterback in the NFL. I disagree. You don't agree with that? I disagree. I don't think they'd be where they're at, even with the roster around them, without him. I, I, I'm not saying he's a top-10 quarterback. I'm not saying he's anything special beyond the intangibles. Uh, but, like, look at, at Trevor Lawrence's situation in Jacksonville. That's a squad. Like, they've, they've got some real players down in Jacksonville. They just don't have a quarterback, nor good coaching. So you bring in the quarterback, and now it all starts to fill, to, fill together. Uh, the Browns had, had been gathering up years and years and years of first round picks and finally you know once they got baker mayfield it kind of started to come together a little bit they win their first game in forever uh and then they start to get the free agents that want to come play for them and then it all starts to mesh together and now they've got one of the best rosters in all of football and i think they're going to win the division like that i don't think you're going to win the division if you don't have a team capable of doing it you know i'll, I'll biasly yeah. say it's the steelers all day uh, even though I see what the Ravens are doing too, but you can't ignore what the Browns have got. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. Baker Mayfield. I just don't like him. For some reason. I don't, <laughs> he, he just bothers me, but whatever. He's a jerk. Um, Sometimes you got to be a jerk, though. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. Hey, I, could, I, I, could, I, told, uh, I told some of my Steelers buddies who were crying about Devin Bush on Twitter the other day saying that he was being a jerk. And I said, man, Jack, Jack Lambert was a jerk. Uh, Jack Ham, who's got his 69th birthday today, or excuse me, it was it's Lambert's birthday today, the 69th birthday. He was a jerk. He's not going to come and hug you on the street. <laughs> He's going to go out there and kick oh. your ass. I I need some yeah. guys, guys like that on my team. Now, uh, with with Mayfield, can they beat the Steelers and the Ravens when the chips are down this year? You know, in the cold weather, if both of those teams, you know, Mike Tomlin's such a good football coach is what gives Pittsburgh the intangible over Cleveland, I think. Yeah. I mean, that Mike Tomlin's top five coach in any of football, right? Oh. That guy, that guy, that guy can coach. I'm, I'm glad you see it because <laughs> not enough people see it. But uh, well, no, I, I, mean, I think the Browns and the Ravens will both sweep the Steelers. And I think the Browns will split with the Ravens. So that, that's where I get the Browns winning the division. Uh, I, I do think yeah. they've got it. I think they've learned a lot from last year. Uh, I think they can carry the momentum from beating the Steelers and hanging with the Chiefs. I think they've got it in them. we got to run to a break, yeah. Cowboy. I appreciate it, dude. All right. Be good, man. Absolutely. Bye -bye. Cowboy there on the hotline. You can call in as well, 205-342-9904. We'll take a, break, get, take a break, come back, and get back into our five big questions for the college football season this year. This is Off the Edge, Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama sports. Ever we aren't going anywhere. Off the Edge is available in the podcast center on Tide100.9.com.
Welcome back into Off the Edge, Tide 100.9. I'm Jacob Harrison, at OTE on the Twitter account. We got Joe Gaither in producing the show for us this morning. If you missed it last night, Montana Fouts quietly got onto uh, the Cameo platform. Her price started at, uh, Joe said started at 25 when I wrote the article for Tide109.com. It had bumped up to $39, and now this morning, a Cameo featuring Montana Fouts, the ace pitcher of the Alabama Crimson Tide softball team, will cost you $45. For reference, John Petty, $25. Terrell Lewis, former Alabama linebacker, Los Angeles Rams edge rusher, $40. Malachi Moore, current defensive back for the Alabama Crimson Tide, $25. Those are the only two current Crimson Tide athletes that you can find on Cameo right now. Fouts at $45 and more at $25. But hey, that's still a heck of a deal. I I know. I know that there are a lot of little girls out there uh, you know, that, that would love a birthday wish from Montana Fouts on Cameo. Like you you can't put a price on some of those kinds of things. How many little how many parents are gonna say, Oh, my little girl's just started softball or she has a tournament coming up this weekend or she's starting to pitch or maybe maybe she needs a batting tip or, or a pitching tip. Man, there's gonna be so many of uh, of those videos of Montana saying, Oh, hey Susie, Sally, or whoever, I hear you're playing softball, I just wanna wish you luck. I she's gonna be knee deep in those videos. She already does that. You get on her Twitter or or TikTok, Instagram, she Anytime there's some, uh, a girl that uh, that that goes viral a little bit or or catches her attention, I know there was a girl on TikTok that that uh, impersonated Montana Fouts, uh, and Montana, you know, acknowledges that and brings attention to it and praises them and lifts people up. She's a great person, and uh, now she gets the opportunity to get paid to do those sorts of things. And hey, if you can, do it. Uh, so between Cameo and monetizing her Instagram and uh, TikTok. Uh, Montana Fouts is in a good spot with the NIL being opened up, and it's all uh, definitely in her best interest, and, and I'm glad that it's a situation that that uh, that we get to experience here as well. Also, congrats to the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, winning the, 21, the 2021 Stanley Cup last night. Man, the championships follow Tom Brady. They do. Did you see the photo? Uh, everywhere that Tom Brady has lived, and it's probably just coincidence. But of course, he grew up in uh, in California. Big Niners fan. Well, everything good that ever happened to the San Francisco 49ers happened while Tom Brady lived in the area, winning Super Bowls, drafting Joe Montana, all of that. Then he gets ready to go up to Michigan, and of course, Michigan does win the national championship in '98. But the the uh, the uh, the hockey team up there, whose name just completely Red Wings, the Red Wings, uh, they win a bunch of Stanley Cups during that time period. Then, of course, the Patriots, and now Tampa Bay. Uh, we've had the Rays be up here in the World Series, and now we've had the Lightning go back to back at the Stanley Cup Series, uh, winning it this year. And of course, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning the Super Bowl. So, all good things follow Tom. Terrific. Who'd have thunk it? Another big question that I've got for uh, the college football season this year is which group of five program, or excuse me, not not group of five, which mid-tier power five school has the best shot of derailing Ohio State, Clemson, or Oklahoma? Alabama doesn't lose to unranked teams. That's the only reason I don't include them. If, if Alabama ever lost to an unranked team, I'd, I'd include them. This isn't a bias thing. It just doesn't happen. It's statistically impossible. Okay, that, that might be a little bit biased. But it, it happens to Ohio State. doesn't happen to Clemson very often, but let's have a little bit of fun. And it happens to Oklahoma a lot as well. So when you run down their schedules, starting with Ohio State, of course, they start off with Minnesota in Minneapolis, and then they got the big one against Oregon on September 11th in the big or not in the big house. That would be uh, blasphemous, in the horseshoe. And then you've got Tulsa, Akron, Rutgers. No, those are easy. Those are easy. And we're talking mid-tier, so we're not talking Oregon. They'll, they'll, they'll take care of Minnesota. They're on the, the downward decline. But then we get to Maryland and Indiana. Indiana, of course, on the upward trajectory. Almost beat Ohio State last year. Sam Penix is back. Hopefully he's recovered from that knee injury. 
But what about Maryland? Talia Tongavaloa. Mike Loxley. And the Maryland Terrapins. Can they go into the horseshoe and beat the Ohio State Buckeyes? I'm giving them a better chance than I am uh, Nebraska or Penn State or Purdue. Certainly not Michigan State. Certainly not Michigan. It's going to be a long time before Michigan's relevant back in that that rivalry. Give me Maryland. I think Maryland has got what it takes to go into the horseshoe and be the upset. Nope. You can say it. Come on. That's not going to happen. Nobody thought Purdue was going to beat Ohio State a few years ago. Nobody. Nobody. And it happened. You'd be shocked. Let's look at Oklahoma. Starting off with Tulane, Western Carolina. No, those are snoozers. Nebraska, uh, the fighting Neil Browns with West Virginia. No. Kansas State, they've had, they're on a two game win streak against the Sooners, right? I don't know. I saw that TikTok. I don't think they got it either. I don't think they got it either. Texas isn't mid tier, so moving on to TCU, Kansas, Texas Tech, Baylor, Iowa State. Is Iowa State a mid tier? If they're a favorite to win the conference, no. Oklahoma State, I don't know. I don't think that maybe there is no path to a mid-tier beating Oklahoma. Because it ain't Kansas. It ain't Texas Tech. And the only other viable options are not mid-tier. They're favorites to win the conference. Texas and Iowa State, Oklahoma State, no, thank you. No, thank you. So I think uh, Oklahoma's got it in the bag. They're going to the playoffs. There we go. It's done. Alabama and Oklahoma will be in the playoffs. What about Clemson? Clemson starts with Georgia. I think they win the game, even if they don't. Not mid-tier. South Carolina State, Georgia Tech, NC State. Not going to happen. Boston College. Not in them new balances. Nope. Uh, Syracuse. Pittsburgh. Florida State. Is Florida State considered mid-tier now? I think they are. I think they are. They've been bad for a minute. Won a national championship in the last decade. That what have they won since? I mean, it's a ten-year period. That's two recruiting classes. But you won a national championship in that ten-year period. The head coach is at Texas A&M. The quarterback of that team has already flamed out of the NFL and come back. The guy that caught the game-winning touchdown pass, he flamed out of the NFL real fast. That's how long ago that was. I think they're mid-tier now, but maybe they're back on the way on the swing up. Mackenzie Milton at quarterback, him trying to get that uh, that rebound. Yeah, he transferred. Don't look at me like that. He transferred over there. I missed that. I'm looking that up. Yeah. He transferred over there. Dude, no, when he went into the deal with uh, De'Eric King, four state fans got mad at him because he reached out to De'Eric King to bring him in. Breaking news, Mackenzie Milton. He's at Florida State. Yeah, starting quarterback. You think Mackenzie Milton on one leg could beat Clemson with the Seminoles? No. No. Well, I think he's our only hope because Louisville, UConn, Wake Forest, and South Carolina ain't going to do it either. I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it is. Maybe it's another boring season. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma in the college football playoffs. No reason to even play. No reason. It's all done on paper. And that's why you run through it. Folks can laugh. Maryland's not beating Ohio State in the horseshoe. I don't know. Talia Tungavailoa. It's in the name. It's possible. A lot less likely for Clemson and Oklahoma. We'll be back for more. Close it down here on Off the Edge. Tied 100.9. We're Tom. Alabama football countdown clock is driven by Crawford Insurance, Tuscaloosa's low-cost auto insurer. Call 752-6489 for a free quote today. There are, there are, there are 58 days until Alabama football. 
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy this afternoon and tonight. Periods of rain likely, maybe a thunderstorm in spots. The high today 85, tonight's low 71. Tomorrow warm and humid, occasionally cloudy with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms. The high at 86. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 81 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to Off the Edge on Tide 100.9. Welcome back into Off the Edge Tide 100.9. Your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. About to close her down on a Thursday morning. A few uh, notes from throughout the day. Uh, about 9 o'clock this morning, ESPN broke the news that uh, the Olympics will not host fans. The Tokyo 2020 Olympics. Uh, regrettable that we are delivering the games in a very limited format. Facing the spread of coronavirus infections. It's what President Siko Hashimoto said Thursday morning. Uh, of course, the Japanese government issued a state of emergency Thursday uh, due to uh, pandemic-enforced reasons. That's uh, that's kind of wild to me. I'm not a big Olympics guy, but uh, you know all the, the, the goings-on that comes with it, the buildings and the spaces that are created solely for the Olympics. That's a lot for the government to eat and to and to look at and say, oh, useless, all useless, all that. I mean, I understand if you feel like the pandemic is really that going on that seriously over there. I don't live in Japan. I don't know what they're dealing with. Uh, then I get it. I understand. Uh, fans aren't as big of a make or break, I think, in the Olympics as they are in uh, other sports. But still sucks that that's the situation that we're still in here in July of 2021. Uh, other big news, if you're a big fan of football in the spring, the XFL announced uh, yesterday it won't be partnering with the Canadian Football League, but it will be kicking back off in 2023. Of course, Dwayne The Rock Johnson uh, heading up the XFL now rather than uh, the wily old Vince McMahon. But uh, regardless, I'm excited for the XFL to come back. I'm, I'm excited to see those rules back in place. Uh, hopefully they're able to keep their... Uh, you know, commitments to to those rules and those styles, keep the partnership going with ESPN and have a good presentation of spring football. It made for exciting stuff. We had two more questions. We have five more that uh that Quran will help out with in our piece on Tide 100.9 later today. Uh, but two more questions that I had. Which SEC team will actually challenge, truly challenge the Alabama Crimson Tide? And which group of five program has the best chance to push in the college football playoff? Well, I think the second, the latter question, I think you still got to lean on Cincinnati. It's still kind of that simple. They've got it made. They've got the opportunity to play some ranked games. They, I know they've got Notre Dame on their schedule. I want to say they've got Indiana on their schedule as well. But the Bearcats behind Desmond Ritter, uh, they got Jerome Ford, former Alabama Crimson Tide player, uh, Scored scored a touchdown, you know, for the Crimson Tide. He's no scrub. Uh, I think that they they they've got the best opportunity with everything going uh, in their schedule. Of course, when they do play Notre Dame, uh, Notre Dame will likely be ranked. That's October second. They'll play Indiana. Indiana should still be ranked uh, on September eighteenth. Those are back to back games. You get the preseason matchups basically effectively with the Miami of Ohio, the Red Hawks, and Murray State. So I'm, st I'm still sticking with Cincinnati. I think they can beat Indiana. I think they can beat Notre Dame. It's, be it's, it's better to go with the known commodity than to risk your neck for the Chanticleers down in Coastal Carolina coming out of the Sun Belt because they don't have the same kind of schedule. If Cincinnati can, can keep it close with Notre Dame and beat Indiana or vice versa, they've got a shot to make that push. Uh, but, but if we're truly right, Alabama, Oklahoma, Ohio State, and Clemson cannot be stopped on their warpath this year with their incredibly easy schedules comparative to their abilities, then, then maybe we're wrong. 
But does Alabama truly have that easy of a schedule in the West this year? There's some unproven commodities there as well. Some teams looking to rise up. I mean, I'm not talking about Arkansas. They're on the way up, but they're not challenging Alabama. But is LSU really ready to come back and be a big-time player in college football on the national scene? I don't think so. I don't. I think it, it, it it's still going to take another year to, to deal with all they lost in 2019, plus all the crap they're dealing with on campus. That, that's going to be a hard, t- hard thing to recover from. I get the Texas A&M thing. I do. With Jimbo Fisher, the defense that they've got there, there's reasons to feel confident in Haynes King as the quarterback of the future of the Aggies. But if I'm being real, my money is on Ole Miss and the Fighting Lane Kiffins. Fury and Wilder was just announced. It's been postponed. I guess Fury needs more time not, to not get a postponed yet. It is, uh, it is they're talking about that due to a COVID-19 outbreak in the champions camp. Tyson Fury got the COVID-19. That's a shame. He's going to have a hard time getting up 300 pounds with coronavirus, I'll tell you that. That's all for today. The Jay Barker Show is up next. The game with Ryan Fowler will take you home from 2 until 6. I'll be back tomorrow at 11 a.m. You can tune back in on the Tide 109 app at 6 a.m. with Martin Houston tomorrow morning. Until then, have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody.